Hey, what's up, guys? Another episode of the Third Out Podcast. You know, MLB's been crazy this week, Bryson. Uh, you know, everybody's signing. I uh, get Swarger signed with the Mets. Everybody's going to the Mets. You have Swarger, uh, Escobar, Marte. I mean, all sorts of guys going over to New York. Now, great week for free agency, especially with the lockout probably coming in tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, this is being recorded on Tuesday. Wednesday is going to be the lockout here. So that's a pretty interesting day for free agency, Bryson. Yep, so you started off with the Mets. So you said Eduardo Escobar, the two years, $200 million. That is very nice. Um, I think that's a good replacement for Javier Baez. They can put him at third, third base there and then move McNeil from third over to second. So that's a very smart move on their part, I think. They got Marte. I don't know if you said Marte, but they got him for four years, $78 million. That was going to be um, real nice. He's kind of getting up there in age, but he is a very solid player. And then you got Max Scherzer, obviously, three years. A lot of money for a three-year span, but, like, this is what they wanted Noah Syndergaard to be. And so, you know, Syndergaard wasn't performing there. They got rid of him. He went to the Angels. And then this is going to step into that spot. So this is a team that wants to compete. Yeah, and it this kind of all came out of nowhere. You know, the Mets aren't usually team or teams that just go out and spend money like this in free agency. Um, but yeah, so the Mets went big spending. They're not the only ones that spent a whole lot of money. You have the Tigers, six year, hundred forty million dollars. They gave that contract there to Javier Baez, Bryson's uh, favorite player in the MLB. Oh yes. Uh, I thought this was maybe kind of a weird deal deal because I don't really know what the Tigers' goal is right now. But they've also signed a solid starting pitcher very early on in the offseason. So, like, they're trying to get better, but they're not going crazy like some of these other teams. So, Detroit's going to be interesting to see what they, they do for the rest of the offseason. Yeah, they're, it seems like they're, try, they're probably just going to stay where they were. I mean, they're not getting significantly better, but they're not getting, you know, much worse. But yeah, I feel like they're trying to get a slightly better and set themselves up for two, three years down the road, maybe. Yeah. Like they're they're making mild progress, but not with like the thought of like being competitive this year. At least that's what it looks like right now. Yeah. Seattle had some, had a couple signings as well here with uh, Adam Frazier. They got him through a trade, uh, but they signed Robbie Ray as well. This one surprised me. You know, Robbie Ray from five years, one fifteen. Yeah, so the Mariners were a team that was borderline on getting into the playoffs. So, like, this is them trying to make that, you know, push to get over into the playoffs. Um, not a team that people expected to be on the playoff level last year, but with moves like this, I think you could expect them to be in that tier of teams again. Oh, yeah, 100%. They're definitely going to be at least in the mix here. And yeah, then – Conversation. Yeah. And here come the biggest surprise of the offseason so far, I think, is uh, the Texas Rangers. I mean, they just came out oh, yeah. of nowhere. I mean, I don't, I can't remember them signing. I mean, they signed Marcus Simeon for seven years, $175 million. I can't remember them signing anybody anywhere close to this. Yeah, the Rangers, not, yeah. And then the they Rangers are the team that let people go in these situations. They don't, they yeah. don't do this. It's kind of Wait, unusual. It doesn't make, if they were going to go out and do this, I don't understand why they didn't keep Joey Gallo. Yeah. I'd maybe trying to get youth there, but like, yeah. I mean, they went out 
see here 10 years, $325 million. Yeah. That's insane. Well, I, think, I think what we're going to find is when we look at their player breakdown or their team breakdown later on when we get to the AOS, it's going to be really interesting. But I feel like they have a lot of youth in the outfield, and I don't mm-hmm. know that for sure because I don't know their pipeline that in-depth. But I feel like the, that middle infield was kind of more of a struggle because mm-hmm. like they had Elvis Andrews, they had Odor, and they thought those were going to be their future. And like, you know, Odor got, you know, they got rid of him. And then Elvis Andrews is getting up there in age. So like Simeon and Seeger, I think good combination for that. Yeah, but we've talked a lot about the shortstop market though, and like all the good shortstops, and we've considered Marcus Simeon to be a shortstop. And then boom, Texas swoops in, takes both. Two good shortstops. So Simeon's back at second. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one less team that can get a shortstop now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, my team's one of those teams that need a, need one here. Uh, mine too. Yeah. There's, there's still a few left. You know, you got Story, uh, Correa. Yeah. You got two left. Yeah. Two big Three of the big five right. are gone, though. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm, I'm realistically, I'm surprised all the rest of them didn't wait for Correa to sign. I, th- I think a lot of them wanted to get signed before the the whatever happens tomorrow, whether that, there's a lockout or not. I think a lot of people want to get that out of the way. That's true. And I'm surprised Cray didn't sign before then because, I mean, he was going to set the mar- – I mean, we had talked about this. He was going to set the market for everybody else. Yeah, but he's going to set it either way. Everybody yeah. else just wanted to get their deals out of the way to avoid this lockout thing, I think. Yeah. Whatever happens to that. Yeah, hopefully there's a – agreement between now and midnight or uh, now and midnight tomorrow. I think it's midnight tomorrow. It might be midnight tonight. It one of the two, but and then that takes us to our last really big blue or uh, free agent signing with the blue Jays taking uh, Kevin Gosman there five year, $110 million. Yeah. This looked really good at first, but now it just kind of looks like the replacement for Robbie Ray. I, uh, I think this is a better, I think, I, I'd actually be interested now that I look at this um, to compare Robbie Ray and Kevin Gosman side by side and see the Blue Jays got him for $5 million. Yes. Less. They both got five year deals. Ray got 115 million and the uh, Gosman got 110. So I want to see what, like, if this is obviously they're considered the same caliber players, but like Robbie Ray just kind of came on the second half of the season, got himself a Cy Young and then was like, Hey, by the way, I'm a big market guy now. Yeah, see, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I think the Blue Jays might be smart for making that move to let him go. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy that just comes out of nowhere and wins the Cy Young may not be the most trustworthy for like the amount of money you're going to pay him. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I think the more I look at these two guys, I want to do a breakdown and see if that's actually gonna if Ray's going to stay at that level. Who's the better signing? Yeah, that, that, that's, that's definitely something uh, we could look at. Uh, but that yeah. was an even trade-off. Like, Gosman yeah. like, basically just stepped right into that gap, like almost an identical contract to what Ro- Robbie Ray was given in the end. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. So we, we mentioned uh, the big five shortstops is Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Trevor Story, Javier Baez and Marcus Simeon and MLB put out a article I thought was pretty interesting, like breaking down um, those five guys into who is the most appealing. 
for each team. And they ranked them Correa first, Seeger second, Story third, Baez fourth, Simeon fifth. But I thought, I don't know how Simeon ended up fifth because listen to Simeon's stats here. In health, he was rated out of those five, he was rated the healthiest player. Like this guy has not missed time due to injuries. Um, defense, he came in second place behind Correa. Offense, he came in second place behind Seeger. Speed, he came in second place behind Story. And his projected 2022 season, he came in third behind Correa and Seeger. So, you know, we kind of jumped on the Rangers, you know, this, this big amount of money that they spent on a 31-year-old, you know, what are they doing? But he is – I like this. He's an amazing player. Oh, yeah. I mean, he – for the next three years, I think he's definitely – out of these five, he's probably the one you want on your team the most. Either him – I think him or Correa. He could either – you know, either – And I know or. he's the oldest. I know he's the oldest, but I was so surprised that he's been healthier than everyone else. And that actually gives me a lot of confidence for giving a guy like him a seven-year deal as opposed yeah. to like – Baez or somebody else like yeah someone that's hurt every you know I mean not hurt hurt but you know they miss time every year yeah exactly um, Seager's missed the most time oh yeah the seems, also took him. it seems like he's out you know all the time yeah. uh, so with that we're going to get into the uh, bulk of our show today which is breaking down the NL East and what they want to do this offseason with each team is looking at. We're going to start at the top with the reigning World Series champions, the Atlanta Braves. So this is a massive um, offseason for the Braves, and they have been really quiet to this point. I mean, um, silent. They have, have they signed silent. anybody? Yes. Uh, when I checked last week, they had signed uh, Manuel Pina as a backup catcher. Yeah, so essentially they've done nothing. Yeah, they've done nothing. So um, here are their free agents, though. This is what they got to get to work on. Freddie Freeman's a free agent. That's kind of big. Drew Smiley is a free agent. It's big in the starting pitching. Their entire outfield that they brought in through trades, not entirely. Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, those are the big ones there. Um, Chris Martin out of the bullpen, that's going to hurt. Jock Peterson again out of the outfield. Um, Steven vote. Yeah. They're going to let him go now that they got, um, manual and I don't think they need a backup catcher anymore. Josh Tomlin, relief pitcher, Dayton, relief pitcher, Santana, relief pitcher, Chavez, relief pitcher, like their bullpen. They're going to have to replace a lot of guys or they're going to have to resign a lot of these guys. Yeah. Their bullpen might, I mean, could take a lot of, a lot of guys out of it at this market. Yeah. Bullpens can move around a lot yeah. from year to year, but I think this is this is probably more than any other team has. Yeah, I mean, right there's four guys or five guys. Yeah. They could all be on the now, board. Now, here's the thing. Looking at this list of players, you notice anything about their ages listed on our sheet? No. They're, yeah, I mean, the youngest guy here is Soler at 29. Yeah, he's the and, only person under the age of 30. Yeah, and most of these guys are – Let's see here. We got one, two, three, four, uh, four guys above the age of 35, 35 or older. 
Yeah. So in one third, this may be a chance for. Yeah, like the Braves are a team that like kind of went through somewhat of a rebuilding process recently, but like this is a lot of old free agents. And free agents. This is, that, this is kind of awkward for them. Yeah, and it's a lot of free agents that contributed to them too. Yeah. I mean, a lot like, of bullpen. Yeah. I think you get it. I mean, I'll give them the outfielders, like the outfielders they brought in, obviously, for like. Yeah, it's second half the season. Yeah. You only lose one starting pitcher, but like, you know, yeah, it's going to, they got to do some stuff. So that I think we can move on now, though, with that age to their prospects. Um, they got three outfielders in their top five prospects. And so this is what I kind of think is going to help them maybe this offseason because there's a lot of talk about them needing to bring back at least two of the guys that they got during the trade deadline. And I would say looking at this, maybe they only need to bring back one guy. Yeah. I can. If you got like Chris, Christian uh, Posh, that like if he can make it, I think this could be his year to become a solid player in the MLB. I think that, you know, you only need to sign one more guy. Then maybe Drew Waiters can, like, make a run. Michael Harris has a couple more years, but he's probably their most exciting prospect. Yeah. And then, yeah, you got a catcher coming up. You got Shea coming up. Uh, He's in AAA right now. He's 24 years old, and I think he will be a contributor in two or three years. So, like, I kind of see them working Darno out. Like I think his contract lines up well to when Drew or when uh, Shea is going to come into the league, and then they got a pitcher Kyle Muller, um, also 24 years old, left-handed pitcher. But those are their top five prospects. So not much on the pitching side, but their outfield is going to be fine. And I think the Darno turnover is going to be really nice when he's ready to head out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean with the outfield, yeah. I mean, they're, on this list, you got uh, Soler, uh, Rosaro, and Peterson. Yeah. Which, I mean, out of those three, I mean, they all, I mean, they all played for you very, played very well in the playoffs. I mean, Peterson always plays well, uh, but he's probably, if you're going to resign two, uh, if that's their goals, resign two people, he's probably the odd one out here. Or that yeah, would be my so Rosario did like Rosario came in so clutch for them, and he was the guy that like everybody thought when it happened, like Rosario was going to be on the sideline, and Rosario was the one that stepped in and like really found his place. Like all three of them really found their place, honestly. Oh yeah, and you're, I mean, Solaire, you're not going to get rid of the, the World Series MVP willingly. And I thought, you know, he had a down. He's had some downtime. Like, don't forget, he led the league in home runs. Yeah. Like, what was it, 2019? Yeah, like, it wasn't I still want to see that come back. I still think he can. Yeah. So, so. What, one offseason need for them is they got to figure out what's happening with Ozuna. Maybe they know, and I just don't know. But I tried to find some news on him. It just, like. Well, he was suspended for 20 games. So, he's off the exempt, um, the yeah. exempt list. So, he's suspended for 20 nice. games. Um, You know, plus however many he missed last year. You know, yeah. about half the season. So, it's probably roughly about 80 games. Uh, he's. I would say he's probably getting traded at some point. Yeah, I'd probably have yeah. the trade deadline uh, 
this upcoming season. You're probably but not going to get think, rid of him before the season starts, but he's probably going to be gone at the trade deadline. Yeah. The big struggle, though, with their whole offseason of trying to figure out who's out, like what, who's going to be in the outfield is like, okay, you got Acuna coming back some point next season. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you have Christian that can step in and be a solid outfielder at yeah. some point next season. Um, everybody else is a free agent or Ozuna who nobody knows what's going to happen. Like who, who's going to be the opening day outfield? Like they need to figure this out. I, I would assume that their management has a plan as to what they're going to do, but they need to get to work on that plan. And that I hope to goodness they know, because if they're just sitting there trying to figure this out still, it's going to be problematic for them. Yeah. I mean, especially here with them not being able to contact players, tell them to lock out, you know, and negotiate stuff. I mean, they probably, I'm sure they probably have a plan now or a general idea of what they want to do, but yeah, they're, I mean, an outfield something, I mean, you saw it before they got those pieces at the deadline, I mean, their outfield was kind of in shambles. I mean, it was struggling. I mean, well, that was their, their weakness to begin with was right field. Like yeah. they only had two good outfielders with Acuna and Azuna. And right field is their biggest weakness on their entire team. Yeah. Hopefully Christian can fill that third spot. Acuna is going to fill a second spot. Yeah. Who's going to fill a third spot? You only need to resign one guy, really, maybe. So that's the outfield. First base, um, they have the best infield in baseball. Um, is Freeman coming back? I, I have a hard time seeing him leaving, but we haven't heard yeah. any discussions. Yeah. It's kind of sitting there. He's one of those guys that's like Clayton Kershaw where you cannot see them in another uniform. Yeah. yeah. And you just can't see. I, mean, I saw today that the Yankees were pushing hard at him. Yeah. I, you just, you can't see him in pinstripes. No. I mean, that, that just looks, that just would look terrible. Yeah. So the other big problem here for the Braves is if he does leave, they don't have a prospect for his baseman uh, right behind him. So they're going to have to go hit the free agent market. And who does the free agent market have? It's not the worst time to try to get a first baseman, maybe. No, you got Rizzo, you got Mitch Moreland, Travis Shaw, Jose Martinez, um, Ryan Zimmerman, I wouldn't want, but he's out there. So, yeah. Those are your first baseman free agents. Yeah. He's a little, um, he's a little on the old side to be signing somebody right now. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even play really for the Nationals that much. Just kind yeah. of split time and fell a little bit, but like, um, they could use some more starting pitching. Uh, we'll see if they get into that mix some point in the offseason. Um, Frontline starter would be the big need for them, like that that ace type guy. Um, and it never hurts to improve the bullpen, but they're gonna have a lot of movement in their bullpen as it is. So, yeah. World Series champs—that's what they got to do. All right. Yep. Now that takes us down to Philadelphia here, or up to Philadelphia. We have start off with the free agents here. They got McCutcheon there, Ferreira, Archie Bradley, Hector Neris, Brad Miller, Ian Kennedy, and Freddie Galvez as their free agents there. You know, once again, look at their ages, Bryson. Yep. We got two 29-year-olds, and everyone else is. At least three years above that. So, yeah, I thought, man. Other than the bullpen guys, obviously, bullpen's a massive need for the Phillies. Kind of cut them back a lot this year. But outside of the bullpen guys, I 
think they're gonna let most of these guys go. Uh, yeah. At least that's the I've heard. Um, McCutcheon, Herrera. Um, let's see who else? Brad Miller. Brad Miller might come back just uh, to fill in some gaps. But mm-hmm. Freddie Galvis is probably on his way out. Like they're they're looking outside for help here. Um, yeah, I'm, and they they don't have a lot of work to do, but they can definitely go out and get some free agents to fill all their holes. Yeah, which the main holes are going to be right field and center field without mm-hmm. McCutcheon and Herrera. Yeah, but they they got to get younger in those two positions there, and they got to get better in those two positions. Exactly. Uh, I think Herrera McCutcheon was playing better than Herrera, but Herrera is more promising going forward. McCutcheon's thirty five, but like, yeah. I mean, at 35 for uh, his level of production, making $20 million a year, that's a lot. I think I think the ideal thing for the Phillies is see what you can get on the market and fall back on these two guys if, if need be. Yeah. I mean, because those two, I mean, they're not awful players. I mean, those are solid. They're solid starters in the MLB. They're just old. Yeah. There's old. Mean, Herrera, like, you, you can do better than Herrera. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like you kind of mentioned, the, the last year's salary, McCutcheon made twenty million, and Herrera made ten point three million. And I'm sure they probably don't want to make less than that. But that's a lot of money for what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. McCutcheon. So, but their prospects, on the other hand, um, Mick Abel, um, he's only twenty years old, so you got a couple of years on him, but he's their top prospect. Bryson Scott came into the or Scott Scott came into the league at um, I think he came into the end of the year last year, didn't he? Maybe maybe not. But anyway, he's he's basically MLB ready, I think. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where they're comfortable letting Freddie Galvis go. Um, Andrew Painter is 18 years old, fresh. So you got a little while on him before he makes it. But then uh, Hans Kraus and Francisco Morales. Both pretty much MLB ready, and they're fourth and fifth best prospects there. Um, both pitchers, so heavy on the pitching side of the prospects, which is good for them. Maybe they can find one of those guys to put in the bullpen. Wow, I mean, that's crazy! Eight, eighteen, already their third best prospect. So yeah, that's crazy. But shoot, <sighs> who knows? He might be like Bryce Harper and get. Get called up at you know eighteen nineteen. Never know at this rate. Yeah, you could. But I don't know. At pitching, I I feel I, you can't throw an eighteen year old or a nineteen year old in on the mound. I, I think pitching's a little bit of a different. I guess that's true. That is true. I don't think he was nineteen, but like yeah, he was young. Yeah. So as you mentioned Bryce Harper. I think that's their biggest need is they need help for Bryce Harper. Yeah, he's gonna hit the lineup. I mean, he's they pretty much another big bat. They have a good offense. Yeah, it's solid. Yeah, but they need more. Yeah, they need one or one good bat. You know, two, and then another solid at bat. Yeah. Uh, so the shortstop, they have Bryce and Scott coming in. So uh, that whole Alex Boom. Uh, was showing a little bit of promise at third base, but then had a bad year. And the question is, is he going to come back at third base? 
and then left field and center field. So positionally, position-wise, um, third baseman, left field, center field are your big question marks. And whether or not Boehm is trustworthy, maybe a trade for him, I don't know. But you may or may not need third baseman. Bullpen, obviously, is the pitching staff need. I think their starting pitchers were good. So Yeah, it's, it, it's not bad. I mean, you can, always, you can never go wrong with getting a pitcher. But it's not a, you know, tier one need that they – they have to address anything yeah. they get would just be extra on top of what they already have. You know what I think they could do to make themselves a world series team right now. What? Kenley Jansen, Kyle Seeger, Eddie Rosario, Kyle Schwarber, Chris Taylor. Do you think that's too much? I, just, I don't feel like that's a lot, honestly. No. Cause like, I don't think it's too much. But I think is it possible though? I think so. If they were to do what the Rangers had done and just go all in like that, those guys aren't the most like Schwarber is probably the most expensive out of that pack. Like see, Rosario is not going to be worth that much. No, Seeker and Taylor are going to be you know, a little bit more. But like. Just say Kyle Seager takes about as much money as Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, that's quite true. Rosario takes as much money as Andrew Herrera. So then, boom, you're just up in your bullpen with Kenley Jansen, Kyle Schwarber, and Chris Taylor add-ons. That's, I think that's doable. Yeah. Yeah, now that's good. yeah. I mean, that's not. I don't. I never. I've never even thought about that. Uh, that's that's big dreaming. Yeah, that that'd that's be the good. that'd be the perfect off season for uh yeah. for the Phillies. Yeah. So that takes us now to the Mets, uh, the finishing third place this past year. Uh, um, their free agents were Noah Syndergaard and Aaron Loop. Um, both of those guys went to the Angels. Yeah, both are um, gone. Yeah, they have a lot of free agents actually um outside of that still to worry about they have marcus stroman michael conforto oh also they lost javier Baez. i didn't update that Baez oh, yeah. gone. brad hand dylan batanzas jeremy's familia jonathan um villar kevin paul Poller, um rich hill is that that's kevin pilar i misspelled that rich hill darren o'day and jose martinez that is a massive free agent class. And I know we kind of talked about like all the big things that they're doing. But that's that's a lot of free agents to lose. Yeah. I mean, that's on our list here. I think that's the most any free agents anybody has. It may be less than the Braves, but I feel like yeah. these are more. Right yeah. Now. Impactful free agents, I should say. Yeah. Especially the bullpen. Oh, well, yeah. Staff in general, like position players, you lose Conforto and Baez, right? Mm-hmm. Kevin Pilar, kind of like they already replaced him, though, basically. And they replaced him and Conforto, I guess, with Marte. But like they, like I said, they've already replaced a lot of those guys. Like they lost Baez, but they signed um, Eduardo Escobar. So, like, that, that's a decent trade. Like, yeah. yeah, essentially the same player, just cheaper. And he's a third baseman, not a second baseman. But yeah. McNeil, 
move from second to third because of Baez, and he's not really a third baseman. Yeah. So, like, it, it works out better this way, maybe. Mm-hmm. You don't have somebody playing out of position. Yeah. I don't know. I should probably – I know McNeil came in as a second baseman, but maybe he likes third more. Probably like that. But, but anyway, pitching is the thing they lost. And so it's really key, I think, they bring back Stroman for the purpose of their starting rotations. Oh, I think yeah. he's the only starter they lose. Rich Hill, you know, 41 years old. Yeah. Um, but it's it's the bullpen that's going to hurt. I mean, you lose Brad Hand, Dylan Batanzas, Familia, and O'Day. Like, those are insane relievers in the yeah. market. So yeah. they're going to have to – yeah. That yeah. would be something. Yeah, and with the way bullpens are, I mean, everybody's going to be moving all over the place. To, yeah. So they probably, a lot of, yeah, they probably Atlanta, lose two or three of those guys. Atlanta was losing a lot of bullpen pieces. Um, Philadelphia needs bullpen pieces. The Mets are losing better bullpen pieces than Atlanta. So bullpen is going to be crazy this offseason to keep up with. That takes us to their prospects. Um, they have uh, Francisco Alvarez, their top prospect. He's a 20-year-old catcher, so we got a little bit of time on him. Obviously, catchers are a little older normally when they come to the league, so maybe like four years on him. Yeah, but probably. Maybe move a little faster than that. Um, Brett Beatty, um, a solid utility. I love my utility guys. He's 22 years old, so he's got another year, maybe a year and a half left. Um, kind of the reason I thought they didn't need to go after a middle infielder, but they ended up going after Escobar anyway, is uh, Ronnie Mauricio. Um, he's basically MLB ready, and he's only 20 years old. And yeah. I think he's the right future. Yeah. I mean, they, pro- they probably brought him in to you know, kind of mentor him a little bit before they just yeah. kind of toss him out there. And that is, I mean, not to knock on Baez, but I'm sure he's not the uh, the best mentor for young players. Maybe not what you want rubbing off on your guys. <laughs> but Escobar is there for two years. That'll put Mauricio basically going into his age 23 season. I don't know. Like, if he's the MLB ready, though, so I don't want to focus on the fact that he's 20 years old. Yeah, I mean. Now they're looking at a log jam in that infield with McNeil. And, yeah, I don't know. Is McNeil the one that's going to move out? I know he kind of had a down year, maybe. But like, I, I I like Neil. So that's that's a big question mark. Um, Matt Allen and JT Ginn, both right-handed pitchers, both in advanced single A, twenty and twenty-two years old. Um, so basically, out of all the all of the uh, prospects that we've looked at, this is the youngest group. Yeah. Uh, and outside of Ronnie, nobody's ever be ready for the next. Two plus years, probably. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's pretty, but no help in sight. Yeah. So they're gonna have to do all the free agent market if they want something. Yeah, and but the, the way their season was going last year, before you know, uh, all the injuries happened. I mean, they they might win. I mean, they're in a win now mode. They're not in a let's wait three years. I mean, uh, let's go get some pieces and let's win now. Yeah, but it would be nice to not have to, like, go do everything in the free agent market. It would be nice to be like, oh, no, we got a prospect coming up to fill that one spot, you know, but they don't have yeah. that. And the yeah. one spot they had that for, they went out inside of Escobar anyway for that. Yeah. So 
their biggest needs is the president of baseball operations. Uh, they got to figure out what's happening in the front office. Uh, are there like a lot of talk about coaching changes coming? Uh, outfield, uh, they got Starling Marte. Starting pitching, they added Scherzer, and I kind of think that's just like a Syndergaard replacement. Obviously, Syndergaard was supposed to be a, an amazing ace to go alongside DeGrom, and it just hasn't happened. They got impatient with it and decided. To I, feel, I feel like he was never healthy, though. Exactly. That's a, that's why they moved off him. Yeah. Like, I feel like w- when he was healthy, he was out. He wasn't Schwarzer's level, you know, obvious for obvious reasons, yeah. but, but he, he could pitch. Like he was yeah. a solid starter. Yeah, but I think he was on their roster, and they were holding on to him. Like, you know, we have these two amazing pitchers, and then it was like, actually, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna let him go. Yeah, we need to take his place. Yeah, obviously, sure, but like, yeah. you know, that's what did. Yeah, um, they still need to bring back Stroman though. Yeah, Stroman's like a number three. He'd be an above average number three. Oh, yeah. He had a on, great year. On um, probably 20 other teams, he's their, he's their ace. Yeah. Maybe so, not 20. Like, or a good, maybe, a good maybe, amount. Yeah. Now he's a number two almost anywhere he goes. Outside oh, of like yeah. maybe like a handful, two or three teams. But like, yeah, yeah he's an ace yeah. on a lot of teams too. Yeah. So, yeah, he's definitely an above average third guy. And he, he probably out of this this list here, he's uh, he's probably the most uh, has the most priority getting resigned. Yeah, and I yeah, they need him. They need starting pitching. They wanted to go after Mats, and I don't think if they had gotten Mats, they would have just stopped going for Scherzer. But yeah. they wanted to do Mats, and that's kind of what we're looking at with Stroman taking that place. Um, the bullpen lost a lot of free agents. Mauricio needs to perform. That's that's the Mets. Yeah. That takes us down to Miami Marlins. Yep. Uh, way less free agents. Yeah, I mean, this list is next to nothing. You got three guys. Yep. So they, they are looking at Sandy Leon, Joe Panic, and Luis Madero. Um, notice anything about the salary of these guys, though? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, they didn't get paid anything last year. All three of these guys, well, Madero made uh, minimum wage in the MLB, uh, minimum salary. And Leon and Panic both made um, less than $2 million, $1.2 and $1.8 million last year. So... Um, Leon and Panic, 32 and 31 years old, but you know, you could bring him back. It wouldn't, you know, cost you that much. You're just filling, um, you're just filling your roster, getting some good mentors on the team, both good players. You know, if another team wanted these guys, I'd be kind of surprised. But, yeah. I mean prospects, I don't know. They got great they got great prospects though. Yeah, this is definitely a team that's gonna let them win in three, four years down the road. They're not in a real, real hurry. Yeah, with 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 these prospects, I mean, I I probably would be in that way too. You know, develop these guys, get these guys ready, you know, as yeah. quickly as you can, but don't you know overrush them. So they get up to the MLB and they aren't what you expect them to be. Yeah. Now, three of these five guys in their top five prospects are pretty much ready to go in the MLB, though. Yeah. 
So you got Edward Cabrera, uh, right? All actually, all three of these guys are pitchers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're bored. Last, last time we talked about the Marlins on this podcast, we were saying how good their pitching staff is. Mm-hmm. Their pitching staff was near competitive level. It was the offense that was trash. Yeah. And the offensive performers were old guys, too, on top of the fact that it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, the three guys that are ready to go in the MLB, um, Edward Cabrera, 23 years old, Max Meyer, 22 years old, and Sixto Sanchez, 23 years old. All right-handed pitchers. They're second, third, and fourth best prospects ready to go. Um, the one in five number prospects are have a little more time. Um, Khalil Watson's 18 years old. He's the number one prospect, but he's a rookie shortstop. And J.J. Uh, Blade is 24 years old, but he's at double-A, so he's probably got like, uh, this year in minor leagues before he comes up. Mm-hmm. So but they made the playoffs last year, so not this past season, but like COVID. Oh, I forgot about that. They did. They made, a, they made a good run there in that shortened season to get in. They I got the pitch. Yeah, they don't have the offense. I mean, I would say their defense is, is competitive enough. Yeah, I mean, but you don't really need that great a defense when the pitching's as good as they theirs. Oh, but, I think they're looking in center field. They need yeah. a catcher. Um, I've heard that they uh, actually are interested in Carson Kelly and Wilson Contreras. Um, trades for those guys. I think that would be good because with the pitching staff as good as yours, get in a, you know, neither of these guys are old. No. Like, what was it? Contreras is like 29. Kelly's a little less than that. But mm-hmm. both of those are very smart guys who can really work in pitching staff, I think. Um, oh, yeah. And it, yeah. Yeah, either um, one of those guys, I think, would help that – would help the Marlins tremendously. I mean, even from a uh, – you know, from a clubhouse aspect too, you know, having a exactly. bunch of good, solid veterans that, you know, contribute to multiple places. Yeah. I think catcher is a position to invest in that too. Oh, yeah, 100%. When they go through rebuilds, they keep the catcher and they keep the first baseman. Like that's yeah, th- those are always your heart and soul of your teams. Yeah. I mean, when you look at play, those, yeah, those guys are always the people that are the guys that stay, you know, places the longest. Yeah. So anyway, I think this is a promising team. Um, they have Jesus Aguilar, and I, they need to get rid of him. Uh, he's a great. I wouldn't say great. He's a solid player. He's performing well. Uh, he's up there in age, but they have um, Lewin Diaz is ready to – he's MLB ready, and he came up at the end of last year and did really well. Um, so they got to get him some, some room. They got to get – so you can, you can get some assets for Aguilar in a trade. So that may be oh, their yeah. big offseason. That's the biggest thing they can do this offseason. So. Yeah, definitely a, definitely a promising young team in the MLB. Yes. Speaking of promising, how do you feel about the Nationals? I mean, um, I know it's not this year, but not this year. But I think prospects. Yeah, they're they're in a rebuilding stage, but I think they're they're in a quick rebuild. I maybe um, one one two years. But at, I think we're gonna look at their free agents first. But when we get down to their prospects, I think they're gonna start competing when their prospects get to the league. Yeah. When their prospects start hitting their second and third year. And when you see the age of the prospects, you'll get a better timeline for when that's going to happen. But they're free agents, first off. I know. Notice anything about their ages? 
yeah, they're all a little older, and uh, this list would be a lot longer if we were doing it before the trade deadline. Yes, that is true. Um, so I guess a lot of teams looking at, you know, looking back at all five teams we've done, have really arranged it so that their their star players don't hit free agency in their primes. No. Everybody's not hitting free agency until after age 30. And that's kind of when teams are like, all right, well, you know, see ya. Yeah. So, so also, all these guys are making a million dollars. Yeah, so uh, you're not I – mean, yeah. And a lot of these guys didn't really play much. I know you have Ryan Zimmerman, of course, but he split time. But a lot of these guys weren't big contributors to the team, so you're not going to be losing much if you do lose these guys. So Alex Avila, um, but the Nationals have a top prospect catcher in Ruiz, so maybe Avila sticks around just to help that you know, mm-hmm. mentor him. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. not a bad idea. Ryan yeah, Zimmerman, baseman mentor, again, I don't know where else he would belong in the league. He's been – wasn't he like the first draft pick the Nationals ever took? Period. As, I believe. So. Yeah, I believe so. I you can't see him anywhere else, right? Yeah, I don't think he's not going to go anywhere. I mean, how thirty-seven? He's either signing a, a short-term deal with. I mean, obviously, is going to be short-term anywhere. He's going to sign a short-term deal. You know, maybe the vet minimum, and then just end his career there. I mean, that's like his only option. You can't leave. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Jordy Mercer, 35 years old, shortstop. So prospects, let's get into this. This is this is where the Nationals get interesting. This is where all the fun is for them. They got Cade Kavila, um, right-handed pitcher, 23 years old. So he's actually their oldest prospect. He will be, I would say, not this season, but the next is when he will make his MLB impact. Brady House, 18 years old, rookie, shortstop. Um Jackson Rutledge, 22, single A, right-handed pitcher. Andy Lara, 18, single A, right-handed pitcher. Uh, Amanda Cruz, 17, rookie, shortstop. So you got one 17-year-old, two 18-year-olds, 22 and 23 years old. Yeah. So that so, one, one to two-year timeline, I put, let's put that on hold or track that. Wait, wait for the 17 and 18 year olds to get to about 23 years old, 24 years old. That's they'll be ready. That's a long time. Yeah, but who knows if they're rebuild? Yeah, who who know who knows if they're gonna actually keep these guys that long though? Back it down to four years. Maybe say when when the 18 year olds are 22, and the 22 year olds are 26. That, that might be better. Yeah. So push the four. Yeah. But I didn't so know. That's, this is going to be a long rebuild for them, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I thought it would be a short rebuild. But. I mean, they got Kybert Ruiz. So like, we were thinking they were getting, like, guys that were, like, top prospects ready to turn the corner. Yeah. And they got some of those, but, like. Four years from now, Ruiz, what, he's like 23, 24. He's going to be 28. He'll still be in his prime. Yeah. But speaking of so, that. Yeah, like that's yeah. probably going to be your longest rebuild in the MLB because not even the Marlins are looking that far into the future. Yeah. All the Marlins guys are like 22, 23, 24. Yeah. Well, the Nationals just made a signing here. They got uh, Cesar Hernandez for a one-year, $4 million deal. Oh, wow. They're really making moves out here. 
right before, yeah. They got to get those deals in before the lockout. Yep. Yeah. So this one's good. Yeah, that one's interesting. Yeah, you got down here if they'll trade Strasburg or Corbin. I feel like if they would have traded Strasburg, or I feel like they would have traded Strasburg if he was healthy last year. So I think he's probably gone if he's healthy at the deadline this year. Exactly. And the thing is, he wasn't a free agent, so they weren't in a big hurry to get him out. You know? No, no. Wait for him to perform a little bit. Corbin is a guy that kind of underperformed as well. So you wait a little bit, he'll pick it yeah. up and then. Get- yeah, you got to wait till these guys get hit their peak, you know, trade, trade market, which yeah. a lot. I mean, especially with pitchers, you probably only have to wait, you know, till the deadline this year, you know, have them have a good, good start to the year. And too, once you get to that point, there'll be other teams that be like, hey, we're competitors we need- in the office that we didn't think we would be. So now we need a starting pitcher. Exactly. Hey, you know, Corbin and Strasburg, they're having decent years. We can use them. You can't do that with a guy that's injured, though. Yeah. I mean, especially with Strasburg with his injury history, you can't trade him while he's injured. Not in the middle of the season, you can't. Yeah. If he's on the offseason, makes a little bit more sense. But yeah, not in the middle of the season. Like, that would make no sense for somebody to trade for him. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of teams that are tanking. Um, and so the question is, should they sign some of the – players that are capable of being MLB players that are a little older just to fill out the rosters and be more competitive. Um, so there may be Cesar Hernandez. Uh, there may be guys that get signed that are, you know, 32, 33 years old going for less money just so that this team can be competitive. I would like to see that personally. Like if they went out and got like Steven vote from the, from the Mets or excuse me, he was from the Braves. I uh, like to catch or something. They don't need a catcher, but like a guy like that, that'd be nice. You know, maybe go get a Brad Miller. You know, maybe they could pick up Freddie Galvis uh, or Ian Kennedy. Like those guys. Yeah. Those guys have played teams like this, I think. Yeah. And I believe tanking is a big issue here on the, uh, with the lockout. So they're wanting to see less of it. Yeah. Well, they want to see less of it so that these guys that I just mentioned can actually go play somewhere. Exactly. Because the look at them and they're like, no, we don't want to sign those guys because those guys will help us win games. And the good teams look at those guys and like, no, they're not going to help us win enough games. Yeah, like, it's just – Yeah, I found – I saw an article on that. Let's figure out where I saw it at from, though. But, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make any sense there. Uh, yeah, I would like to see a lot of that more happen or a lot of that happen more, you know, just people. Because there's a lot of people out, out there that don't have jobs that could be playing somewhere. I mean, you got to think, how much longer would Brandon Phillips' career have lasted if this, had, you know, if teams did this instead? Exactly. I mean, he was out there pl- playing for the Lexington Legends this year, an independent yeah. league that he owns. Like, he may not be playing this year in the MLB, but, like... Yeah, obviously this year. He might have gotten another one or two years in. Yeah. I mean, So you can make an argument. There are at least, you know, two or three teams that have a couple of roster openings that they need to be giving out that they're not giving out, basically. Yeah. That's, you know, that adds up to maybe, like, 15 jobs. So that's kind of sizable. I understand it. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty – that's 15 people without – I mean, 
you know, without salaries there that could, and that can perform. Yeah. I mean, so. they're not, they're not guys that would be going out there playing, you know, on world series caliber teams, but I mean, for these teams that win 30 games a year, they can go out and compete with them. Yeah. It would be better than what they have. They're going to help, you know, win some games are better than replacement, you know? So, all right, guys, that is our podcast for today. Next week, we're going to do the top 10 first baseman going into the 2022 season. We did catchers last week, first baseman are next week. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, we'll help you guys stay up to date on the free agent market. Um, check out our Instagram. We've got some cool stuff going on there, some player breakdowns and stuff. But we thank you guys for joining this episode of The Third Out.